This week on Out Now with Aaron and Abe, we are talking Project Power. Pushing those superpowers. All my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. Look, all my life, been grinding all my life. Sacrifice, hustle, pay the price. Want a slice, got to roll the dice. That's why, all my life, I've been grinding all my life. We are now recording. This is Out Now with Aaron and Abe. I am Aaron, as always, this is... Abe, hello. Hi. Out Now is the film podcast, which has Abe and I discussing new movies and more weekly. We dig into movies via mostly spoiler-free review, the occasional commentary track, or some other fun movie topic. This is episode 415, 415. Yes! San Francisco area code! (laughs) I don't have to look it up, I just know. (laughs) And this week we're talking Project Power, the new action superhero-ish film from Netflix. And yeah, we're going to get into all of that. Uh, Joining us today to discuss Project Power we have from the PJ Campbell Network, co-host of Front Center Mezzanine, Supplied with pills, giving him the abilities of a snow owl. It's Maxwell Hatted. Hey guys, how you doing? Maxwell! What's happening, Maxwell? Um, I can't believe you've done over 400 episodes of this. That's super impressive. Thank you. Yeah, it's alright. We, <laughs> yeah, we, we've kept this going. Um, but no, good to hear from you. It's been a, it's been since uh, Invisible Man, I believe. Is yeah, I was gonna say. Oh, wow. Back when, back when we yeah. were in the, in the pre-Bloodshot era, when we were still talking about Bloodshot era and everything was normal. Yeah. Yeah, although that's not a bad one to go out on, because that movie is excellent. Yeah. Indeed. I, I, w- I, I think I let out an audible holy shit when they're having dinner yes. uh, at the restaurant. It was a really good-looking dinner. I mean, yes, of course, yeah. Great lighting. The bread alone. Mm. Who, who doesn't like a nice, warm... Uh... Herb focaccia bread. <laughs> yeah, or I was going to say a pretzel roll with some nice uh, salted butter. Mm, that does sound good. The movie takes place in San Francisco. I assumed it was sourdough. Fair enough. Well, I guess so, yeah. 415. 415, yeah. We, as a this call. is now going to be an hour talking about bread. <laughs> How do you guys make your starter? I, <laughs> oh, no, God. I don't <laughs> Do you eat the bread bowl after you eat the soup? I yes, do. I do. Yeah. Why, why, would you, why would you waste that? Yeah, that's, the whole like point. Waste. that's the whole point of the bread bowl, and it's even tastier when the soup is, like, soaked into the bread. It tracks to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do I wish that they would carve out more of a hole so you get more soup? Maybe. Depends where you go. Yeah. Well, this has been balling like- over bread with Abe, Axwell, and Aaron. Um, so <laughs> let's uh, let's get to some show notes um, real quick here. Uh, first up, new commentary track. We did one for Brandon, Peter, and I. We did a commentary track for Enter the Dragon, the classic Bruce Lee film. Um, that's a lot of fun. The, we had all been watching the Bruce Lee films on Criterion because they just came out in this fancy release, and so we figured we could do Enter the Dragon, and um, it's good. It's a solid comment. We had a lot of fun going over the legacy of Bruce Lee in the movie and more. Uh, so that's up on iTunes now. Speaking of which, iTunes reads ratings. Of course, you can send those in. Uh, log into iTunes, search for out now with Aaron and Abe, write us a little review, and give us a star rating. That'd be great. Yes, please give us five stars. Um... I want to point out that it's uh, today is my would be my mom's birthday. Um, she was she was on the show quite frequently, as many listeners are well aware. I was very happy to have her on. Um, she has since passed a couple years ago at this point, but I just wanted to shout out a happy birthday to my mother. Um, she is missed very much, and uh, yeah. Um, happy birthday, Denise. Yeah, happy birthday. To get into um, some happier note, um, 
this is it's weird to say this, but uh, it's neat news uh, for me because by the so by the time this recording drops, um, I will have my first article in Variety. Um, Yay! That's uh, exciting. Uh-huh. Justin Chang edited it. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, I was able to uh, interview the director of Peninsula, um, who the sequel to Train to Busan, and that's going to be the first uh, Variety article that I have. This is for the Variety Artisans section, so we talk about a lot of the kind of below-the-line filmmakers. Um, nice. So go, go to Seven Eleven, buy all the copies. Exactly, yeah. So that'll, that'll yeah. be in print this week and online on Friday, so I just wanted to throw that out there, because uh, it's exciting. It's exciting. And I'm Congrats, super man. excited for that movie, too. Yeah, you, you should be. <laughs> good, good to know <laughs> now aaron i didn't know that you speak korean that's pretty impressive you know we've done a lot of things to occupy our time during quarantine uh-huh. and you know some people learn sign language <laughs> some people <laughs> some people learn a whole other language <laughs> yeah wow i mean incredible work incredible work yeah, yeah yeah i mean i already have a degree in underwater basket weaving so it's like what else am i gonna really do for a hobby it's like well this seems that is that's a real thing at UCSB, right? Yeah, of course. Okay. You can't uh, get a degree in the class. I mean, <laughs> what's a degree really, Abe? <laughs> okay, fair enough. <laughs> How far is that really getting you these days? <laughs> I mean, if you look at a resume and it says, oh, bachelor's, or it says <laughs> underwater basket weaving, which person are you going to choose to interview? Basket weaving. Exactly. Exactly. That's that's exactly. Point, yeah. Yeah. Every time. Every time. Like, thank you. You're just like, wow, what's this, what's this going to do? Like, eat burritos every day at the uh, at the quad and go to basket weaving? I do like burritos. I love burritos. I miss, like, a good burrito. Way to tap into 2000 right there. What are you going to do? Eat burritos at the quad? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining uh, you wearing a Hawaiian shirt with, like, uh, light khaki shorts, uh, like, longboarding to your classes. With, like... Uh, a satchel filled with frisbees. Specific, I mean, if you're talking specifically to me, you're pretty close. I I, yeah. I I biked. I didn't longboard. I bike, but I you know, biking is easy. It's it's pretty flat in Santa Barbara. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, frisbees yeah. in the backpack. Again, you're, you're not wrong. Like, yeah, every now and again, the guys from uh, uh, which I'm call it. Um, man, I ruined that joke. <laughs> it was from Psych would show up on campus just to like record. Uh, oh, film okay. <laughs> I've heard it both ways. Yeah. <laughs> all right all right that's enough show notes let's um let's move on to our other segment here what we would have talked about this week this work over the film that would have come out this week were things to have been different as far as the scheduling of movies versus the dreaded COVID 19 goes um this week would have been the release of james wan's malignant the oh wow horror film that he was he's still making it just has been delayed uh we know nothing about this really i don't think anything there's nothing much known about the plot. It's not a it's not a conjuring film. Um, it's some just completely new horror venture for him. But sight unseen, given for anything, Maxwell, would you have been excited for a new horror film from James Wan? Oh yeah, I I, I love James Wan. I love his horror film. I, I like the other stuff he's done. I absolutely would have been excited for it. Um, I think he's one of like the the freshest um, voices in modern horror, for sure. If Everything Maxwell said times like three thousand. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mac, uh, James Wan is like fantastic. I, mean, uh, I, I love his uh, direction style, and I actually really like the way that he incorporates like even some some semblance of like Asian and Australian 
like creep factor into his movies, mm-hmm. um, which is excellent. Yeah, I uh, I guess the the fun challenge would be if Malign- putting Malignant and the Invisible Man, directed by Lee Wannell, against each other. Not against each other, it'd be friendly, but still, it'd be neat to see who had the better horror film that came out this year. Mm. Uh, given that the two, you know, started out together with Saw. But, um, yeah. And what a summer it's been, Aaron. I mean, you know, I'm in pole position right now for the summer gamble. I'm I'm way ahead of everybody. It's probably the only year that I actually win. Yeah, that that's that's one way to, to look at it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, Malignant, I believe, is when is it scheduled to come out? They pushed it like a whole year. If I'm I, not yeah, mistaken. I believe. Yeah, I think it's like literally next year at this point. But hold on, I had this, and I lost it. Uh, August? Nope, that's this year. That's now, right now. When is, <laughs> when, <laughs> when is it supposed to move? Where is this thing? Uh, okay, well, I'm just gonna say 2021. Uh, I'm, guys, I, I know it's yeah, I know it's been pushed back like a year, so we'll uh, right. just see where it goes from there. Uh, all right, let's uh, move on. Let's get to our main review for Project Power. Welcome to Project Power. Our goal is simple: the next evolution of the human species. Here, taking one of those before. It can make you strong, make you invisible. You never know what your power is until you try it. You push that power, don't you? Yeah. On the streets, they're talking about superpowers, but they're not talking about how one hit could kill you. What's the plan now? You took something from me. I gotta get it back. Something? Or someone? This thing is tearing our city apart. Your kid has something to do with it. Where do you think they got the formula from? They have my daughter. Maybe we can work together on this. What do you need? You still got the pills on you? It's about to get real noisy. All right, that should have been some of the trailer for Project Power. From directors Henry Joost and Ariel Schulman, Project Power is a big-budget Netflix film starring Jamie Foxx, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, and Dominic Fishback. Set in New Orleans, there is a mysterious drug, Power, granting the user unpredictable superpowers for five minutes. The use of this drug has tilted towards the criminal side of things. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is Frank, a cop using the drug to help him catch criminals. Fishbeck is an aspiring rapper and dealer who supplies Frank. And Jamie Foxx eventually enters the scene as Art, a man on a mission to find his daughter, no matter the cost. These three eventually become something of a team as they work to find Art's daughter and expose the truth behind power. Maxwell, were you a fan of what Project Power was uh, pushing? Uh, yeah, so Project Power to me is like the cinematic definition of a mixed bag. Um, for every scene that I thought was stylish and fun and cool, there was something else that was so corny and made me roll my eyes. Um, I think the cast is probably the best part of this movie. Dominique Fishback is awesome. I, I'm so happy to see Joseph Gordon-Levitt back. Um, you know, he's ha- been absent from films for a while, and I think he's super solid in this movie. And Jamie Foxx is, is you know, at his coolest and is, is a really solid action hero. But I think where this movie really stumbles is the writing. I think, like, a lot to do with the backstory of the pill, how it's, how it works, the, like, different powers it can give people. It felt very undercooked and jumbled to me. Um, and there was one... One uh, example of a character using the pill and the power that it brought out that was the cheesiest, worst thing I've seen in a long time. <laughs> so, yeah, I was pretty mixed on it. I, it's one of those things where I wish I liked it more because there there were these moments where the soundtrack would be hopping and it was shot well and there would be a cool action beat and then it would just lose me with 
it, it's it's writing or the way it, it explained its like superpowers. So yeah. Abe, how about you? Yeah, I, for Project Power, I think a lot of it is a mixed bag as well. Um, I don't think that there's necessarily anything that was ultra terrible, but there's nothing ultra amazing about it. Like, I think there's actually a lot of ideas in here that from movies that we've seen through our time uh, with this podcast um, that comes into play here. You know, one that one that I sort of thought about immediately um, was Midnight Special, um, mm-hmm. and then you also have like. A lot of other really cool uh, concepts that they have here, but for the most part, I I did enjoy it because it is like it's a movie that just goes and it keeps going. Um, but I think really why I enjoyed it was what Maxwell was alluding to. These main characters are all very engrossing. Not I mean these main actors are all very engrossing. Like Dominic Fishback is really good. Like I was surprised by how uh, she was able to cry on, on the queue and. This is actually a really great scene with her being um, in a truck with Jamie Foxx and kind of having like a back and forth exchange. And to be honest, Jamie Foxx, like in that scene is, is also really good. And I also thought to myself, you know, in that scene there, I see now how hard it is to play like a bad guy. If like you've been seen as like, um, like a good guy in your career all the time. So I was like major kudos to Denzel for being able to pull off being ultra scary and also, like, very intimidating. I'm sure that that's not exactly what, what uh, Jamie Foxx is going for at that I time. Mean, but you think of Jamie Foxx in Baby Driver. He's super menacing, but incredibly likable in that true. movie. That, that is true. He, he is very menacing in that movie, and he, like, has no fun stuff, like, in that movie. Well, he Meaning, has fun like, lines, he, but, I mean, yeah, he he's, lines, he's, still, he, he's an agent of chaos in that film. Yeah, <laughs> and he doesn't. he actually doesn't, like, revert back to, like, well, it's okay, baby driver. I'll be your friend now. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, uh, but no. Uh, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I love seeing him here. It, it was weird because it felt like this meta commentary about let's give you your own Batman movie too. Because the girl's name is Robin, and at one point she's playing Oracle and Robin, um, hmm. and then he's playing like this Batman Bruce Wayne. But he's also just he's got like a funny presence in this movie minus all the cop shit because i think that stuff goes out the window very quickly um they never really address like what maxwell was saying this is character development they never really address like well is he allowed to even like arrest some of these people because he's definitely he, he has something that happened to him with courtney b vance like early on in the movie but beyond that i like that he has like funny lines he he cares for the city in a way that they're they're trying to like make him the um the Watchmen, like the the local, um, it was archetype. a very pro New Orleans movie, right? Yeah, and he's wearing like a Steve Gleason jersey, which is uh, incredible. Um, but yeah, at the same time, um, <laughs> I I do agree with Maxwell that sometimes like the writing is off, like, but I, I think that for the most part I was digging it because of the actors that are in this movie. So yes, mixed bag definitely. I'd love to get into like the highs and the lows later, but uh, overall is like. It wasn't terrible. I mean, I, I did enjoy the soundtrack. I liked the opening with um, the Nipsey Hussle, Nipsey Hussle song. And then throughout it, you have like Louisiana uh, and New Orleans rappers. Um, so, again, uh, enjoyable, but also like, definitely not something that blew um, my socks off. I feel like we're all on the same page. Like, we have a lot of the same thoughts here because I, I, I would say, like, I enjoyed watching this movie, but I clearly mm-hmm. see the flaws in it. But I think. A movie like this, sure, 
I'd love to get a better version of it. Like, that's the best. Like, it's great to get a great movie. At the same time, looking at what this is and, like, how it's choosing to be what it wants to be, it's like, I, 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 I don't, I don't, sure there's a version of this that's possible to make it a great movie, but at the same time, it's like, I'm not really expecting that from this, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it feels like a B action movie. Um, it, and it, it has a lot of ideas on its mind that could easily be explored more, especially given the metaphor involving drug using and the relationship that has to a community. Like, I think there's a great area to explore with that. And having, having recently just, uh, cause my, I told you last week, Abe, my dad has been watching the wire. He's watching the wire. So yeah. I, I watched, I, I watched season four and five again. Cause I'm like, why not? Um, Amsterdam. <laughs> yeah. So, so like my mind has certainly been on like communities reactions to drug use problems. Like, yeah, that's, that's a great idea for a film to, to you know rely on superpowers as a metaphor like that's that's really clever i really like this premise but i think exactly what you guys are saying the writing's very clunky and it doesn't know how to explore these themes on a deeper level and that's a bit of a shame and at the same but at the same time i like this as an action movie like it's fun it's fun to watch i think the action scenes are creative for the most part um there are some very effects driven scenes that don't quite work as well i think i know the exact one max was referring to uh, <laughs> it, 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 it uh, rhymes with bulk um yes but, uh... exactly, exactly right <laughs> oh it didn't it didn't rhyme with a boober editor <laughs> but at the at the same time the scene that precedes that precedes that one is one of the most creative action sequences i can think of seeing in a while uh so i mean there's certainly uh juice and shulman who've They've come from Catfish and then went on to do a couple Paranormal Activity movies, including the third one, which is the best one. Um, and, the, and then uh, and then Nerve, which I'm more mixed on. I think others are really like I'm, Nerve. Yeah, I'm a big fan of yeah. Nerve. I think it's really solid. Yeah, so I mean, I they've certainly they've certainly put the effort into like make some creatively stylish movies. I just wish that yeah the writing was better here. But I mean the the main thing that we've all addressed is that the cast is great here. I do think yeah. I think Jamie Foxx is very effective. I like him being this kind of he's not quite an antihero, but he's certainly doing things that push him in that realm. And I think it's it's quite effective. Uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt is is fun in this movie. He's ha- he's clearly having fun in this movie. Which I, there's right. a, there's a whole sequence of him being try, pretending he's somebody else which i thought was actually quite humorous um and yeah and that made me laugh and there's another thing about that we'll get to later but is you know how does one sprint while doing that and i don't understand um and then um and then fish <laughs> and then fishback is very good here she i, I know her from uh, night comes on um, a really good movie from a couple years ago uh, where she plays a, a, a person a, a kid that just got out of juvenile delinquent uh, juvenile detention and um she has to take care of uh, her baby sister it's it's a really good movie and so it's like oh cool she's in like a big budget netflix movie now so good for her because she holds her own against you know two a-list movie stars so yeah it's well, what's the budget on this 85 okay that is a lot yeah. it's a, you know it's a pretty penny it's these netflix but same with like old guard i believe is like around the same money as well yeah it's like 90 something yeah yeah but regardless i mean i i do think the film is it's creative enough to keep me entertained i do think the soundtrack's pretty solid um, the the character interactions fun. There's an overqualified supporting cast in this movie that's like, yeah, right. like interesting talk, to see. Talk about wasting Courtney B. Vance. <laughs> yeah, him and like what, that one comedian like Alan Movodo, I think or something. Like he plays like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's partner or something. Like there's just like random like people there. Like, oh yeah, I, I know who these people are, and they have yeah, like was, one scene, like, he, and I'm like, he, okay. I was like, he's on Blackish. He's gonna be a big character. He's on Blackish. He's on like... um he's on Tracy Tracy Morgan show. What's it? The uh, the, uh, the, the last, last OG. OG. Last OG. So, yeah. And it's like, oh. 
Louise has one scene. Okay, <laughs> good for him, I guess. And I couldn't tell if, like, somebody on the radio was, like, Lil Rel, but... Um, I mean, I would be surprised said. if there was something yeah. else like It that. really sounded like, like... I was like, this is really funny. And then you have Villains played by Rodrigo Santoro and Amy Landecker, and I'm like... $100 million? <laughs> no, no, that's... that's um. Damn it! No, that's that, that's the wrong one. That's Edward... Ed, what's his name? I know you're talking about SWAT. Um, yeah, it's SWAT. Um... <laughs> uh, Martinez, okay. what's his name? <laughs> it's not. It's not okay. <laughs> it's not. It's not Rodrigo. But Rodrigo is a. He's a gracious god. Yeah, he's he's Xerxes. Yeah. Olivia, Olivia Martinez. That's what it is. Uh, one hundred million dollars. Yeah. Uh, and regardless, sorry. Machine Gun Kelly. Machine Gun Kelly. Yes, of course. Machine Gun Kelly shows up. I always love in movies when Machine Gun Kelly gets like killed. Because uh, I'm just like, yeah, uh, that sounds right. He doesn't tend to last long in movies, does he? He's, he's, he does like, not. Because he was in something this past year that we reviewed as well, right? He was in another thing, yeah, uh, and I th- he was in Bird Box, although he doesn't die in Bird Box, he just leaves. Okay. <laughs> <He's somebody laughs> Exit stage left. Um, but regardless, no, I was I'm saying like this. I think that the cast is quite strong for a movie that doesn't require like the amount of talent that it has going with it. But um, and and again, the action I think is creative for the most part. Like there's some neat stuff there involving how to use superpowers to this degree. At the same time. That's a really interesting concept that does not really go very far in all of this. But let's talk about it more. Let's get into this. There's a there's a drug called power, and it gives you <laughs> it gives you superpowers based off of unlocking what's like in this drug, like animal stuff. Like what's going animal on? stuff? Yeah. So like <laughs> well, they'll they'll take like you know blood, I guess, samples from like a frog that will hurt himself to like escape uh, capture, so it breaks its own bones, which is a pretty neat scene. But that, so, like that kind of stuff, I always think. Wait, how? Did, so, what happens when the drug where did the bones just go back in? Like, what? Well, so, so, so my question is: is is the power you end up getting from taking the pill determined by which random animal blood is in that pill, or is it a personal thing? Like, would I become, you know, some sort of tiger power because of what's in my DNA? And that was frustrating to me that it was yeah. unclear as to why the people got the specific powers that they did. I feel like. That's actually a great question because I thought it was the former, but now that you brought it up, it's like it might and, be the latter because and what what Jiggles. animal what animal has the power that JGL has? Yeah, which is none, like, none that come to mind. I'll be Wolverine for the whole movie. Yeah, <laughs> I I I don't think it's based on what's in the pill. I do think it's a mix of. I think it's a matter of like how your DNA responds to the pill in general and what that leads to, like whatever gets through the door essentially. Yeah. <laughs> But, but I, mean, I thought, it, it was it's like not, I thought the way of... the, the pills were visualized was cool. Like you had to turn it and the little lights in there and then like you would see some sort of effect like in their body sort of thing, which is, you know, common sort of effect you see in a lot of superhero movies. But I thought it did that pretty cool. Yeah. Like yeah. Your, your DNA just like blowing up. I, I wish uh, there was more of that in movies, honestly. Like I, I, I want to see, you know, mac- microvision of like yeah. things happening. Yeah. <laughs> Everything should be yeah, Ant Man, is what I'm saying. Just watch, <laughs> just watch uh, Spider Verse. You know, it works all the time. Um, but I, I do like the idea of this drug, right? You know, it, it starts out as like, well, yeah. it's yeah, it's introduced as a recreational designer drug. Um, the plot becomes much more, I guess complex to some i mean degree. recreational it's like you get superpowers or you explode it's like it's such yeah. a, it's not you know it's not like getting well, high people, for a minute to like relax banks on the couch <laughs> yeah people are robbing banks with it and they're they're just like you know uh they're doing their thing 
But I do agree with you guys that it, it there are questions around it because I thought the same thing, Maxwell, for Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I was like, why does he always get the same power? Well, <laughs> like, I guess... I mean, I guess the film establishes that it's once you get it once, that's what you keep getting, right? I guess. That's oh, the, is that what it is? Well, because, well, like even Jamie Foxx eventually talks about what his thing is. I don't need to go into it because it's right. interesting. Uh, but I mean, he already knows what he does, right? So I feel like it's once you've done it, that's like it's your it's your connect, right? Like when, yeah, once, you, once you get bit by the spider, you're Spider-Man. Like you don't become yeah. something else next time. Like I, I you feel can like wear that's the mask. The, <laughs> I mean, anyone can, but. Um, not, it was it was also to, um, to a certain point hard not to think about Limitless. Um, sure, yeah. On oh, watching it I with NZT or so. whatever it's called. Yeah. Why do you like, have that in your mind? <laughs> Why do you know the track? I, I don't know. I don't know. Robert, Robert De Niro is a bad senator in that movie too. <laughs> I I liked the Limitless TV show actually. I'm I was sad it didn't last more than a season. But <laughs> isn't that like Did, it's like a sequel that show? Isn't it like Bradley Cooper like shows up at one point? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they He's um. They um, used uh, a property of mine as a, a establishing shot in Ooh. that, which was cool. And that was fun. But yeah, like anything with like a pill that gives you some sort of enhanced ability, I'm always going to go back to Limitless. The, the <laughs> movie, for whatever reason, I thought of was Push. With like, oh yeah. One, one of the one of the several Chris Evans comic book movies. The novel by be, Sapphire. Be, yes, oh. Push the novel by Sapphire, starring Chris Evans as a man with with uh, powers. Oh. Okay. One, it was I, one of his like six sharp superhero movies before he did um before he became Captain America. Fantastic Four. He has okay. such a crazy track record of superhero movies before he did Captain America. Yeah. Anyway, but yeah, because the push is that's another one where like it's not based off any series. It's just like what if this existed? Some writer wrote and also similarly undercooked their ideas and made it nothing. Yep. Um, <laughs> I, although I, this I, this was better because I I'll remember this movie. I can barely remember Push. Yeah. The this the scene you were talking about um. In like the the like, I don't know what you call it like the speakeasy club where they're about to do the display of the powers. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, where you see this like really elaborate action scene, but from inside the chamber was was super creative and well done. It, yeah, that was creative as well because I you know we never see we're, we're always uh, accustomed to seeing mm-hmm. actions from one of the characters that we're following. Uh, and then this was just like, well, no, what if you just took it for, for a different spin altogether and you could do – Jamie Foxx could be doing whatever now. You know what I mean? Like there's like there's less fight choreography if that if that uh, makes sense. Um, so it's like, great, great. We'll have some, but it's not like a full-on thing. I, I, I don't want to – I don't want to – defy you too heavily here but i do uh-huh. think it, it's it's if anything it's maybe more complicated because of the way the camera has to track and you have to really time things out because the yeah I mean, everything inside that tube is cg is it like they're filling it in later so you're still, yeah. you're still like people on the outside of it doing whatever they need to do to get in spot I, no I, totally yeah and i get I, that too i guess i'm just thinking of like the like the entire john wick club sequence sure. like that's a lot of choreography to get right and in this, but, one, it's, I, also, but it's also it's also stuff. multiple shots, right? This is one right. shot. So right. I mean, and I, I think that the fact that it was one shot from inside a location, and you still could tell what was going on outside, I think is is very complicated to pull off. Yes, what but I think in this body horror element in the foreground. Yeah, <laughs> there's a lot going on at once, and that it works, I think, is a testament to Justin Schulman, who I have always felt have a really unique visual eye, like even going back to Paranormal Activity 3. Oh, yeah. yeah. The way that the characters in the movie place the cameras, whether it's on an oscillating fan or this and that, was a super creative way to expand 
the idea of found footage. Right. So they've always had a really cool eye for visuals, and I think that's definitely on display here. Yeah, this is my favorite story. Well, my favorite story about Paranormal Activity three was um, uh, we were watching it at a theater, and like two teenage kids had snuck in, and then by the time that like the the scare happened on the fan, uh, they had they they walked out. And we were just laughing at them. <laughs> I was gonna say that I this is the kind of thing, and even Paranormal this is the kind of thing where I'm like, not that. We're, not, we're lacking in superhero movies, but these are the kind of guys, like, put them on an X-Men movie. Like, this seems like the kind of thing they can do. Like, it, it seems like an yeah, easy calling card for that. I where... also think if you look at this and Nerve, they, they have, like, a, a millennial style or understanding of modern culture that uh-huh. a lot of other filmmakers may not who try to tap into that. Like, it feels effortless for them. Mm-hmm. They sort of get the music, the culture, the clothes, that sort of thing. Because, like, it, the depiction of this felt fairly authentic within the confines of, like, a heightened world with yeah. magical they, pills and powers. And they even know, like, the, the people that are currently popular. They have YouTuber Casey Neistat in one of the scenes. He's in the club scene. He's the guy on the motorcycle. And it's like, oh, why would you even have this guy? I didn't know this guy even was, like, going to be an actor. He's just, oh, like, this popular YouTuber. that's why he YouTube looks familiar. Guy. Yeah, I've yeah. seen him on YouTube. Yeah, He's, like, a super popular YouTuber. And I was me. like... <laughs> like as in general it's okay because i don't watch his channel either but i just know sure. that he's he's one of like the most popular youtubers i was like why would he be in this movie um and i'm glad that he gets killed later but you know <laughs> spoiler yeah machine gun kelly is in the king of staten island that's that's what it was yeah where he's like dead he's, a ta- he's a tattoo guy yeah um i also like that the the robin character dominic fishback raps and i thought her flow is pretty damn solid yeah. Um, like yeah, it no, the, the rapping, the rapping is is well done. <laughs> yeah, like I, the, the scene in the classroom yeah. um, was so good. Yeah, when she yeah, bodies and, the when she bodies the teacher. Yeah, in, I in love her mind at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but, but again, the follow up at the animal hospital is great as well. She's just like, I actually really dug that Jamie Fox was like, oh, you're just gonna go off the top now? Okay, that's what we're doing. <laughs> well, that's, and, that's that's the thing though. Like, I, that's why I'm not like. I, I, maybe I'm frustrated the movie's not better, but I'm not against the movie or aghast at how it's missing its opportunity because it knows how to have fun. Like this movie, I hear you. It it it, it has ideas that sure could be capitalized on, or if you know you had more prestige directors involved or something, you know, else going on here. Well, yeah, there's a way, I, there's, I, a way there's, there's, there's a there's a way to tackle that to make it this kind of yeah. grand thing that represents a lot of different ideas going on in the culture while being this entertaining popcorn movie. But instead, it's a movie where yeah, you have characters that can take a break and just rap with each other and that's fun to watch <laughs> or or you well, have I, a yeah. scene of Joseph Gordon-Levitt just going undercover-ish to <laughs> to in to uh to to plant a bug essentially. Like there's things like that where I the movie's that trying to take itself seriously enough for me to like regret that I'm not getting a deeper right, examination right. of what's going on. Yeah. And I think like we were talking about like the, the rap scene in the animal hospital, I think the film does a nice job of building the relationship between Robin and the major. Yeah. Um, what although, a great name by the way. Yeah. The major is a really cool name. Like uh, I could definitely see there being more movies with these characters because they're the characters are, are the strongest part, but I have one little problem and we've sort of, talked about spoilers a bit so i don't think it's a big deal but i always get a little uncomfortable when like so the major kidnaps robin mm-hmm. and hits her and stuff but then a little later they built this relationship so whenever a movie has that sort of thing it always takes me a second to 
get past the fact that their their relationship so quickly turns from like antagonistic to like partners and friends especially when you're dealing with a 45 year old guy and a high school kid yeah, yeah. I think that, that's sort of what i think we're all getting to with some of the clunky. character development and yeah and the plot right so i that's the thing that i wanted to bring up earlier too just uh, when we're talking about well there's these really cool moments where they can have like a quiet time to to learn about each other in an animal hospital where she's like freestyling and he's really impressed you know this it's really neat to see that. But then there's also, like, well, where did this come from? Because, yeah, like, Maxwell, you are saying, like, a few minutes ago, it was super antagonistic. And the only thing that changed was that he told you a story in a van or in a truck. Um, but beyond that, that's that's kind of, like, Aaron, to your point. I think this, this movie just is all over the place, right? You know, it, it just has – it actually plays with a lot of ideas, some of them well, some of them not well. But because it plays it in a fun way, that that's what they were going for. That's why I don't really mind as much. Um, but if it was going to be super straight and it was going to be super dramatic, um, a la Midnight Special, then yeah, of course it missed its mark. But I, I, I think everybody's on the same page. I don't think that's what they were going for. Um, no, because Jiggles is having a great time. Yeah, and I think it excels the most when it's just a fun B action movie. And I think in that yeah. regard, it works. Like I, I didn't dislike the movie i didn't love it it was sort of like in the middle there um, which is allowed i mean movies can of just course. be fine yeah. sometimes like that's yeah not, right? i think that's a big problem with like the discourse online it's like everything has to be either the best ever or the worst ever when the reality is the good majority of cinema is in the middle yeah just like jimmy world uh, <laughs> but my, uh, my, my other big problem was a villain problem Mm-hmm. It's like kind of confusing who like the actual villain is supposed to be. Sure. Because you have Rodrigo Santoro and you have Amy Landecker and then you have the big guy who he's trying to find in the photo and then you have the woman from South America who's the and it's like who is like the big bad so to speak. Right. And I guess it's Amy Landecker, but the first two thirds of the movie doesn't really set it up that way. So I was a little like, okay, who is the the big end fight gonna be with? Yeah, it's I was surprised like, when one villain was taken out fairly early on. I was like, yeah. oh, okay, so who's left? Who? What are? What's the goal here beyond get the daughter? Like, where's where's the other thing? Right, because that that scene almost could have served as a climax. <laughs> yeah, because it's so like the movie. I don't think the movie ever gets better than that whole sequence. So. I it's, agree. You know. Um, we, we need to talk about this scene now because there's a scene where Joseph Gordon-Levitt has to he goes to to uh, to, to to Robin's mom's house, yeah. to Robin's house to uh, to basically uh, counter these two like agent guys. agent guys these two yeah. men in blacks um, <laughs> that are that are there to like question stuff. Wouldn't and he, it be men's in black? Men's in blacks. <laughs> um, the M's I B. Um, uh. but he, so he, what he does is he go, he, he quickly like takes off his clothes, puts on a towel, gets his hair wet and acts like he's just coming out of the shower. Like he's snuck into uh-huh. the back room and comes out and acts like he and, and Robin's mother are lovers. And it's so ridiculous. <laughs> I dug it. It's oh, a I funny it scene. So but then funny. the next, what got me even more was that the, the scene after that, when the agents leave and drive off, he comes sprinting out and try to put like a, to put a phone on the car so he can find the phone so he can track the yeah. car basically. But what I was so confused, this is so just such a me observation. He's he's still wearing the towel and it's like yeah. down below his knees. 
Who can sprint full speed in a towel like that? <laughs> well, and it also has to be cab. It also has to be one of those like Velcro towels, right? Because otherwise, that definitely would have come undone and fallen, and he would have been. That's what I'm saying. It's like reeking down the street. It's not like it's a short towel where his legs can at least move. It just like just thinking of this at a technical level, it doesn't make any sense to episode. I'm just gonna go back and check out that because I, I I also laughed that um, he's in the rear view or he's in like the the side view mirror and it's like. Yeah, come on, guys. You guys definitely are not yeah, paying attention to somebody. They're having a conversation you. about this weird relationship they just yeah. had. They're, they're like Agent Johnson and Johnson. No yeah. relation. <laughs> it, it just it may be it was that's where I'm like okay like wh- why would I try to take this movie too seriously like it's just like trying to be fun and that's what I got at the day and it tells a full story. I mean you you said you can see more with these characters like yeah I could too because it's a fun cast but at the same time the movie has a pretty A to B to C plot and I'm pretty happy with that. It's not try it's not out of going out of its way to be like. But here's the real problem coming next time. Like, it's more of, yeah, all right, we did the thing. We, we did it. Yeah, they, they sort of say something at the end there, but, you know, it's, it's kind of ambiguous, and it doesn't really matter. It's, oh, yeah, I'm sure there's more you can do with it. Yeah, right? I think that it's, it's when they're at the junkyard um, or the police impound, and they're like, do you think that there's more people out there like this? It's like, I don't know, but my story is end, ends here. And I was like, that's a great way to, and that's it, a great but, way to say but it. But it does. Like, that's something that I think is commendable. Yeah. Like, I, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You were off the episode, actually. But we, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago. But I like The Old Guard quite a bit. And I know uh, that that movie feeds into the idea that there will be more of them to come. But I like that cast, and I'm willing to see it. But, I mean, yeah, that's that can be an issue where you're like, oh, here's a lot of setup for the next thing. This one doesn't do that. Yeah. It, doesn't have a, it doesn't have a natural bridge to another movie beyond yeah. well there's still this drug <laughs> it's it's definitely left open enough that they could do another but it, it's not like two-thirds of a movie that doesn't finish mm-hmm. totally. and, and it is hard not to compare or at least think of this in the same breath as the old guard because they're like the two big netflix superhero movies this summer featuring chris hemsworth. chris hemsworth is just somewhere sad that we didn't mention him well he's just yeah. so, he's he exists in a sequel to the old guard because he's clearly <laughs> immortal as we've established <laughs> <laughs> he, he's at he's at a public pool for whatever reason. <laughs> I I still haven't watched Extraction. Uh, oh, it's fine. It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, it's like it's a little long, but it's not as fun as it's this, way too long. I mean, I think it's a bad movie, but I mean, it's fine. <laughs> like, it's, yeah, I think it's like I think it's like fine for it delivers whatever. on the action. That's that's uh, granted. I'm sure I'll get to it at some point, but. Um, if you want to see Chris Hemsworth spill shoot a bunch of brown people, I mean, it's there. It's out there to see. With like a with like a sepia filter. Um, yes. The uh, I, I, we we talked about this, but I do want to just call it out. I, I think that some of the visuals are very stunning here. Um, sure. I think that there was like this the part where Jiggles is uh, he he captures a bank robber, and what happens? Next, I was like, this is a really cool shot. Like it's very simple, but also I was like, oh, I like the way that they explored this part. Um, I, th- I think the the bank robber's power might have been my favorite power because it was being a chameleon. Yeah. It was kind of on the verge of silly, but also really cool. Yeah. Um, although that die pack blast, come on, man. Yeah, yeah, I was like, that's amateur hour. Yeah, exa- exactly. Thank you, Maxwell. <laughs> you know that you shouldn't take the big bills from the vault. Well, you have to imagine, I can't believe we're talking about this, that people were emboldened to become robbers because of the power pills who never would have before, so they didn't know about die packs. Fair. They clearly have not seen Heat, uh, the movie with Gerard Butler. <laughs> Den of Thieves. Den of Thieves. Out of sight. Speed. Speed, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, class is real. <laughs> I also thought the score was pretty solid by uh, Joseph Trapanese. Yeah, yeah, it's a good score. Um, there's like one 
one sequence where I thought it got a little too dramatic with what we were seeing that made me giggle a little bit, but in its more propulsive, like electronic fueled moments, I thought it was really solid. Yeah. I, oh. I mean, I feel like we're saying there's a lot to like here. It has it. The screenplay is its weakest aspect. I think that's yes. pretty clear. Uh, but as far as when people should go and see this, what would you say? Would you put it at the top of your queue? Would you put it in the queue somewhere to eventually watch or what? Yeah, I think, I think in the queue to eventually watch, you know, it's, you know, we're like on a, uh, a bit of a curve right now with our new entertainment options. And even though I think it has some big issues, it, it, it is fun. I'm glad I watched it. Um, yeah. Yeah. In our old scale, this is definitely like, if this had come out in, in theaters, this would be uh, a Netflix or an HBO level for me. Um, but in our <laughs> post-Bloodshot era, it's it's in the queue. <laughs> you don't have to watch it immediately. It's, it's something that's in the queue. Definitely much better than Bloodshot. I've not true. seen Bloodshot. And, and I'll, I'll uh, go to bat for this just because I want Joseph Gordon-Levitt in more things. So if this does well, maybe I'll keep getting getting roles. So Yeah. I mean, he took I, a, I also he, loved he, how he took a he he he, he left himself. Like, yeah, you know, I was going to say I think it was. So he wanted to go do his own thing, right? He and, went to be a father for a while. That's what he did. Right. And, and like do the hit report Joe production. Yeah, yeah but that's stuff he can do at home while being a father. father. So I mean, yeah. it's it's that. He's but, married. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he has a family. I, uh, I also like just very quickly before you get to your rating. I, I like the way that Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like, "You're the lookout," and I was like, "Good oh. one, Nichols. Good one." That's a good movie. That is good. I mean, as far as what's available to watch right now, I would put this at the top of the queue. I think the the cast it does a great job with this. I think the premise is fun, even if it isn't fully capitalized on. And yeah, if we're, you know, in a time where we're in, or if you can watch something on Netflix that's available right now, we're in the summer. This is a fun summer movie. It's not everything it could be, but it's not bad either. So. And and for what it's worth, my wife was uh, doing homework, but she kept getting distracted because she was having fun. So, watching the movie. Yeah. Alrighty. You okay. Said in the summertime, and now I can't get the song stuck or out of my head. Which in the song? summertime, when the weather is hot. <laughs> That's not the song I was thinking that you were thinking of. <laughs> oh, you thinking of the Will Smith song? Wasn't thinking of that one either. Oh no. <laughs> anyway. I All was right. thinking of like the classic, like summertime and the living is easy. <clears throat> yep, the classic. <laughs> it's a classic. Well, it's very old at this point. Um, I thought you were thinking Olaf in the summer. That's what I was thinking. Oh, boy. In summer. Well, that's a pretty decent Olaf you got there. Oh, I was, thank I just, you. I just wanted to hear Abe's Olaf. Yeah, really you guys cute. didn't know that uh, uh, Josh Gad is my roommate. Josh, can you can you keep it down? We're recording over here. Thank All right. you. Jeez. He's recording like with the cast of Lord of the Rings again. Jeez. <laughs> this guy. This guy. Wow. Take a break, Josh. All right. All right. <laughs> That's been our review of Project Power. Let's uh let's move on now. Let's get to some out now feedback. We're back, we're back. Feedback. This is where we go over the various questions and answers on our Facebook page, Facebook.com slash podcast. We asked a number of questions to the listeners, then they gave us some answers, then they gave us some questions that we can Oh, answer. whoa, what? So let's do this. Let's do this. First question is, if you could have the power of any superhero for 30 minutes, which would it be? Uh, Luke has completely photographic memory while I take a test. 
you know, 30 minutes, you'd be able to knock that test out. Uh, Justin has Superman, so he's going to try and get all the powers. Jeff has Magneto, summon as much gold as I can from the ocean and retire. Uh, Jeff, what if you accidentally pull all the gold fillings like uh, Magneto does uh, to that guy? He said from the ocean. I know, but can 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 Magneto say, just just give me all the gold from the ocean? Well, if he just goes to the ocean and, like, lifts his hands. (laughs) There's going to be, like, fishermen with, like, gold fillings. Come on. What part of the ocean? Okay. (laughs) (laughs) He's going to kill all the whales with all the gold fillings. Yeah, whale dentistry is at an all-time high, too, so that might yes, be... Yes, it a... is, yeah. Those whales, I mean, like, they need to keep their sonar strength. What power would you have for 30 minutes? Me? Yeah. Yeah. I would like to hear people's thoughts. Oh. With, it, with the ability to shut it off, or it's on all the time? No, well, you get... You, the specific question was for 30 minutes. Okay. So there's okay. a few people who I would like to know if they're... Uh, they're clowning or not. <laughs> Some people are down to clown, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I think that teleportation would be great for thirty minutes. I would just be like, oh, I finally went to France. Cool. That's a yeah. good answer. Yeah. Man, Invisibility, I would need for like three days, but for thirty minutes, teleportation. Yeah. What about you, Aaron? I mean. That- Teleportation is pretty good, so I don't know. Like dancing, really, like being the best dancer for thirty minutes, like that'd be great. You're not already a good dancer. There's room for. There's always room for improvement. Okay, great, good, good. Thought. It, it, it wouldn't be for any like content. It'd just be like so I can just you know be up and like I just feel like having a dance break and like I'm really good at it, so I can just do whatever. Okay, yeah. makes sense. I think so. <laughs> All right, next question we have: What's your favorite film set in New Orleans? Catherine has the Big Easy. Scott writes, not a film, but Treme. Tyler has Dracula 2000, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Elena has The Big Easy. Todd has JFK. And Justin has Streetcar Named Desire and The Curious Case of Benjamin Button. Guys, I don't know if you know this, but in that movie, as 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 they were getting older, he was getting younger. Oh, really? I I don't know if you knew that about that movie. I I didn't know that. (laughs) That explains a lot. (laughs) Um, I want to add in a uh, bad lieutenant protocol, New Orleans. Yes, yes, yes very much so. Um, Nick Cage. Woo. I would add the Pelican Brief. Ah, it's a um, longer movie than I expected. It is a long movie. I watched it uh, recently in quarantine, uh, early on, and uh, it's pretty solid, like conspiracy thriller. But I think it's a, a really good New Orleans movie. It presents a city really well. I'll throw and, on this is. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. I was going to throw out Mississippi Grind. Yeah, um, that's a good one. Oh, with uh, Ryan Reynolds and uh, Ben, ben Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Yeah. Uh, I'd also say Deja Vu, the Tony Scott. Oh, movie. yeah. I just oh, watched wow. that not too Tony long ago, Scott. too. Which is a really fun movie and a really good New Orleans movie. It really is. That's a... Because that was, like, post-Katrina, too, so, like, it was really, like... Yeah. Wanted to, like, make good use of the, the environment and, like, get into that and stuff. Like, yeah, the, yeah Deja Vu is so much fun. That's such a... It, it, I... I Another one I rewatched during quarantine that I liked a lot more now than I did when I first saw it. Um, but I, I've gotten quite an admiration for Tony Scott over the last few years. I think he was mm-hmm. such a great filmmaker. Oh yeah, I uh, definitely agree. I'm a huge Tony Scott fan, and it's such a—he's one of the most rewatchable directors too. Like, yeah. it's very easy to put on a Tony Scott film and just be happy. <laughs> so. I agree. All right, what's next? 
Uh, the next question is, what's your favorite film starring Jamie Foxx? Uh, Maxwell, friend of the show and current guest, says Collateral. Uh, and Joe Jans has Baby Driver. Aaron? Uh, Django, um, Unchained. Uh, oh, <laughs> wait, the D is not silent? It's that, would, that would have been my, my second pick is Django. Yeah, no, Django and, um, and, and Collateral, yeah, those would be my tops, I would say. Didn't Jamie Foxx get nominated twice in that that yeah, year? Yeah, you got he, he won did. for Ray and got nominated for Collateral. For Collateral, That's yeah. Impressive to do. Mm-hmm. I definitely he, agree. He was supporting in that movie, obviously. Not really, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the I didn't kill him. The fall killed him. <laughs> would I? The bullets of the fall. I would I? Would I always like about um when you get that Oscar nomination and you have your next movie is like the reviews go over the top because they want to emphasize a star. So when Stealth was coming out. I remember the the one of the main like pull quotes from the in the ads was Jamie Fox is better than ever. <laughs> is he like, really? That's better <laughs> that than his Oscar winning performance as Ray Charles. <laughs> He's better than ever as a supporting lead in, in stealth. Well, in they the they usually just have like those like action pull quotes. It's I've really never funny. even I've never seen stealth. It's a movie. I um, yeah I believe that. The same <laughs> happened, and although not. Not, not a not a bad performance. I think it's quite good actually. But the same happened with Johnny Depp when um, Once Upon a Time in Mexico was coming out, where it's like Jamie uh, Johnny Depp is unbelievable. And actually, he's very good in that movie. I really yeah, like him in Once Upon a Time in Mexico, but still, <laughs> he is. Like, I think he actually makes that movie. That third yeah, he one. does. He's he he has such a, a fun time in that role. Yeah. Especially when he does not have eyes anymore. It's uh, well, it's that, yes. that, one, that gets weird, but it, it also does. it's really creepy. But it's really well. It is creepy, but definitely a Robert Rodriguez thing. And I also like his line: "Are you a Mexican or a Mexican?" <laughs> to <laughs> Danny Trejo. To Dan- yes, exactly. <laughs> I was like, uh, I don't think that you're allowed to say this, but he's like, I'm a CIA agent, whatever. Uh, I want the part for Jamie Fox, um, Jarhead. Uh, oh yeah, it, very like. Small role, but at the same time, he's not messing around with that. He's just like, no, I'm like a, I'm a marine to life. And I was like, this is a very good intimidating Jamie Fox. There's a great trailer with the what Jesus walks in the trailer, and he's yeah, in that's there. right, yeah, with Jesus walks. Really so. effective uh, work on that one. Yeah, I I like Jamie Fox in general a lot. Like every time, I feel like every yeah. time I watch a movie with him, I'm reminded of how much I like seeing Jamie Fox in movies because I think he's, he's, also, very, he's very good. He's yeah. just incredibly talented. Like yeah. his his singing voice is fantastic. Um, his impressions that he does are so good. Like okay. I, I forget about him, and, and Dreamgirls is really good too. Yeah, um, that, that'd be another Girls, one yeah. of my my uh, top Jamie Fox movies. Like anything he does, he always yeah, he's always, never the problem in your movie. Like, yeah, yeah, correct. Bait from two thousand. I like Bait a lot. Anton yeah. Fuqua's movie. Yeah, I like Bait. That's, that's a, a, that's fun, a fun, movie. fun one. Yeah, and very violent. Like that's. A, <laughs> oh well, that was the other thing I didn't say about Project Power. Is it has some extreme violence in certain cases. Yeah, there's a lot of shotgunning in that movie. <laughs> or 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 like the ice sculpture and then the blood's coming out. I was like, oh. Yeah. Well. <laughs> All right. Next question we have here. What's your favorite film involving medicine or pharmaceuticals? Mm. Adam Gentry, friend of the show, writes The Constant Gardener. That's a fantastic answer. I love that movie. Uh, Todd writes The Matrix. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show. Todd's a friend of the show, also. Scott Mendelson, friend of the show, writes, "Not my favorite, but Extreme Measures was a pretty great, and it was pretty great in its day." And Joe writes, "Disney's Fantasia." <laughs> <laughs> Dancing uh, brooms don't come along that easily. I'd add uh, side effects, the Soderbergh film. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, to the discussion, which I really like. Channing Tatum, his previous final film. Yes, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Uh, let's see, films about pharmaceuticals. Uh, God, the constant gardener is a great answer. Yeah, um, that is a great answer. Well, let's see, traffic. Um, it's about oh, drugs. That's a great movie. <laughs> Not the Soderbergh movie, for that matter, too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, you know what? Here's one. Um, um, what Matchstick Men. Oh. Oh. Yes. Where, Nick, where Nicolas Cage very much needs his pills at a pivotal point in the film and screams yeah. at somebody and it's very much cage rage and it's fun to watch cage rage mm-hmm. uh, great poster by the way great movie poster uh, it, it's a good job of here are the actors but it does it well yeah uh, my favorite movie involving medicine is medicine man so we're done with that question <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> that's your favorite john mctiernan movie right don't clear the forests if you don't want nature my, to uh, cure you my favorite medicine-based film is dr zhivago Oh, <laughs> if we're going along more doctor movies, no. But I loved how in seventh grade we watched Medicine Man in biology class because I guess that she wanted to prove a point that science is cool. <laughs> uh, so Medicine Man. Yeah, sure. Um, now we move into questions that the audience asked us. Um, Justin asks, the Jaws commentary is pretty awesome. Now I'm going to watch the movie with. Uh, it playing over it. My question this week is what makes a great movie? Uh, well, I'm sorry. What makes a movie great? Like Jaws in your words. Um, guys, what makes a movie great? That's such a, that's a challenging question. Um, is, you know, of course you could, you know, there's like elements that can objectively be good, you know, the cinematography, the the acting, the screenwriting, but there's just that magic touch that you cannot really eloquently describe in words that you, you just have a feeling. You're like, this is all coming together. I think it's when every aspect of the movie comes together um, and nothing is le- nothing leaves you saying, well, that one element could have been better or different. It's just that sort of indescribable feeling. Yeah, uh, basically what Maxwell's saying along those lines is the kind of you've come to see something whether you have expectations or understanding what you're getting into or not and the result is something that's capitalizing on what's going on in every way that makes it more than satisfactory to you I mean you're watching something and it could be okay or it could be delivering in the best of possible ways I watch Project Power and I'm like yeah that's an okay version of this I watch Spider-Man 2 and that's like the best possible version of a Spider-Man movie to me so I I mean, it, it, it comes from a subjective point of view, obviously, as far as what's satisfying you on that kind of level, whether it's entertaining or intriguing or insightful or what have you. Um, but if the, the result is, you know, pushing your mind to a place where you have no, you know, nothing that's disqualifying the idea of you being satisfied with it, then yeah, I mean, that's that seems like greatness being achieved. Yeah, I think it's also everybody here is correct. I'm basically just saying the same thing. There's objective things that you really like. But also, just the way that you exit a movie and how it makes you feel, that's how, you know, a movie is great for you. You know, very subjective. Like, just the way that Aaron was saying, art is super subjective. So, some movies where I'm super blown away, some people really hated it, right? Um, And I'll I'll see the art in it later, but then also, some movies where I was just like, yeah, that was fine. But then I'll think about it, and it's like, that was actually much better than I thought it was, and then becomes great. Um, there's a lot of examples that we have of these uh, in our own personal um, movie viewing experiences, but uh-huh. it, it, it's funny. I, um, in 
getting older and you know looking at movies that i've already you know always Wait, had like a... 18 or <laughs> because when you you know growing older you know talking about movies all the time or what have you having and you know revisiting movies every so often which i do quite a bit there's you know there's certain movies where you have that you've always liked where you've always had a certain kind of regard for but you you know it's not like there's some kind of limit like you can't have multiple favorites or you can't like only these movies get five stars or what have you so it's like i look at some of the things that i've been watching and like appreciate and you know even if i see certain kinds of flaws it's like what is stopping me from saying this is one of my favorite movies or what is stopping me from saying this is absolutely great like there's nothing about this i there, there's no reason i don't want to keep revisiting this movie or keep championing these aspects of it so why would why why limit myself and i do think there's I look, you know, sometimes I rewatch a movie. I'm like, why is this only a nine? Like, what, 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 what does this matter as far as a numerical value to it? Mm. And what, what stops you from saying, no, this is just, this is one of my favorites. And I, I've kind of been going through that with certain movies as far as I'm glad. Why, why, why say this is just about great instead of just saying, no, this is fantastic. That's why I've watched yeah. it, you know, ten times. <laughs> I, I would definitely agree with you. I mean, at some point in your life, you just have to like really believe in your own convictions it's like there's no movie that's like an eight and a half it's just either like yeah, if, if you want to give it like a great it's great you know what i mean like there's no there's nothing wrong with saying it and i think to a certain point and i think this is kind of what you're saying aaron when you're a film fan you can get caught up in the notion that certain films are prestige films versus certain films that are were not necessarily seen that way but at the end of the day all that matters is your own personal view on a film doesn't matter if this was critically loved or got awards or it's like on the mm-hmm. AFI list or whatever of the right. best movies is like if it if it some people think it's a schlocky B movie but you watch it a hundred times and it brings you great comfort that's all that matters yeah I, I definitely agree I have two examples like is yeah, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm gonna I'm, give some examples too on the, on, the, on my blog the code I have a I have a tab that's the fav, my favorite movies and it oh. grows it keeps it used to be a hundred it's at like 140 something I think right now and it's because I keep adding things. It's like, well, wh- why is this not one of my favorite movies? And one of them is Attack the Block. It's like, yeah. I've seen this movie so many times. I love everything about it. It's so Like, why would I not just say it's one of my favorite movies at this point? So I'm like, fuck it. Like, it's on the list now, because why yeah. not? Another is Temple of Doom, where it used to be just Raiders and Cru- Last Crusade. But it was like, it's not like I don't watch this one and I watch the other ones. And it's not like I'm not having fun. Like, <laughs> what am Tell I saying you here? you don't like Short Round? Come on. <laughs> I never not liked it, but it's exactly. especially especially since my my as I've grown up over the years, my rating's gone from one three two to one two three four. <laughs> like that's it's it's a very easy ranking for one, me when it comes to three, Indiana Jones two? movies. What do you mean by one? Two? Oh oh oh. oh as yeah. Ra- <laughs> I like Raiders the most, then Crusade, then Temple. It's like no, like I, when I think about it more, I do like it in the order they came out. I like the one the most, two the be- yeah. second best, three three the third, and fourth the fourth. <laughs> like it's it's very easy for me to recap Indiana Jones. Definitely makes yeah. sense to me. I mean, I don't, for... I don't dislike any of those movies. I, we've had a lot, a long time ago. One of our early episodes, we did a whole Indiana Jones episode, and so we've talked plenty about that that series. So we don't we don't talk about it here. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, uh, no, no, what if that was true? Like, what if we just made a, a, an agreement to never talk about Indiana Jones because yeah. we did an episode? About it? Um, yeah, but I mean, for real, I mean, there, there's movies that on that I think that are great that nobody really thinks about these days. I mean, for example, like in my top ten list. Uh, for the decade, I, I said Tangerine, and Tangerine oh, is great yeah. on a lot of levels. Great in the acting, yes, because it's funny, but it's also about real things. And then great in the way that the director was like, I'm just going to shoot this on an iPhone with a bunch of lenses. I was like, dude, I, this is fantastic. Yeah, I mean, I have I have Paddington 2 in my top 10 of the decade. That's so, a great movie. You know, 
it's a great movie. Maybe not other people think that, but for me, and that's that's what it comes down to. Like, I'll never see. Uh, like, hold on to your own convictions. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I fortunately, do. most people love Paddington too. I mean, yeah, <laughs> no, I know. <laughs> well, it's also like you should. If you haven't seen it, you should definitely go see it because uh, you know. Well, yeah, because it's the great. best. I mean, obviously. But still. <laughs> I give on saying the word great. It's tremendous. All right. I think we've satisfied this question for Justin. Let's move on to the next question. Uh, this one's from Maxwell. It's from you from last week's show where we talked about an American Pickle. But I did want to answer the question because I do think it's a good one. Favorite movies dealing with explicitly Jewish themes? Um. I have a number of answers to that, you know, as a Jew, as one that very much <laughs> likes seeing Jewish representation in movies. Um, and I'm not just going to say Uncut Gems, but it certainly falls in this category because it's my favorite yeah. Passover movie, obviously. Of course. Um, <laughs> but uh, the, the, honestly, the first one that came to mind, and it's not, you know, the epics, there's obviously, you know, everybody's favorite Jew, Charlton Heston. But um, <laughs> it's, it's not those. Um, it's Crimes and Misdemeanors. Uh, yeah. Woody Allen's, my favorite Woody mm-hmm. Allen film um because i think that i mean it's a it's the it's one of his films that balances the drama and the the tragedy and the comedy um and it does so in very explicitly jewish ways especially with um not jerry orbach uh matt martin landau's character and the kind of the guilt that he carries for various reasons um versus and obviously you have woody allen on the other side and i mean he's woody allen so it's inherently jewish um so but um it no i i i'm a that's it's one of my favorite films it's as i said my favorite woody allen film and it very much deals with a lot of things that uh kind of revolve around jewish sensibilities Mm. i the one that comes to mind for me is the a serious man by the car oh yeah oh yeah which is maybe the most Jewish movie I've ever seen. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously, when you think of films about Jewish themes, your mind goes to Holocaust movies. And yes, there's some incredible works. But for me, it's more impactful when you're dealing with, you know, Jewish identity and Jewish themes. That's not that. Um, I think An American Tale yes. uh, is another really good one. Um, and also, um, I, I like the Meyerowitz stories a lot. I, I don't know if it deals with... Jewish themes specifically, but there's something about it, about the characters that is so Jewish to me and, and resonates with, with some of my experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you got the Jewish heavyweights with Hoffman, Sandler, and Stiller, so I mean, yeah, it, no, it, it works out. And, and their name is the Meyerowitz. I mean, come on, guys. <laughs> oh, that's Jewish? Um, yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. I, uh, you guys named a lot of good movies. I want to go to TV and name uh, Like Father, Like Clown, the episode okay. where... Krusty and his father reunite. Um, Herschel Krustowski. Herschel Kru- yeah. Is it? Who is it? Jackie Gleason? Who's Jackie it? Gleason. Yeah, yeah, he won an Emmy for that episode. Um, my and, favorite, one of my favorite things in that line is um, when when, Bar- when they're like going back and forth quoting things at each other of why why he should forgive his son and why Herschel won't. And he says, and Bart well, Her- says, Herschel is Krusty. Hyman Krustowski is. Sorry, Hyman Krustowski. Sorry. Um, but he's, Bart says a line to him, and he's like, who said that? And he's like, he says, Sammy Davis Jr. Oh, the Candyman. And that makes me laugh every the single Candyman? Time. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, definitely a lot of great uh, Jewish representation in movies and, and television. Um, I agree with Maxwell, too, that it doesn't always have to be World War II stuff. Um, there's definitely a lot of other avenues that are, that are explored. Through this. I mean, you kind of see it even a, a lot on... Um, to bring it to Project Power um, was transparent, and you also get that with um, what you call it. Uh, this is amazing. Who, who's, who's the bad heavy in in Project Power? The Project Amy Landecker. Amy Landecker. Yeah, yeah. She's, yeah. In trans, she's in Transparent. Yeah. 
There's um a great yeah, Miss episode. Miss Maisel, you mentioned, yeah, Max. Yeah, there's a great episode of Frasier called Merry Christmas, Mrs. Moskowitz, where it takes place during Christmas, obviously, but Frasier meets a woman and she mistakenly thinks he's Jewish, so they she comes to his house and they have to all pretend they're Jewish. Um, <laughs> that one is pretty funny and always, <laughs> always sticks out to me. The dog too? Yeah, well. Yeah. I mean, I, I think all dogs are Jewish. Great point. And mentioned Ava mentioning like Holocaust, like yeah, I, I mean, when I hear that kind of question as far as like you know Jewish movies or what have you, my mind doesn't tend to go to them just because I feel like it's, it's not not saying that it's obvious meaning it's a bad thing, but it's like yeah, I mean, I, I can go yeah, there's plenty of films that deal with this subject matter, and it's like I, I can go with that, but yeah, I think it's. Just like, you know, if we're talking about black films, I don't need to talk about, you know, you know, 12 Years a Slave or Glory all the time. There's plenty of films that I can talk about that go through the black experience that don't have to revolve around slavery. Uh, it doesn't mean that there's no value in these films, but it's like there's a lot of ways to contemporize these ideas or what have you or share something that, you know, has meaning in other ways aside from the atrocities that were inflicted on certain people. Absolutely. Let alone you know, it, it's an easier way to bring somebody in and say, like, hey, let's watch Friday. Like, instead of saying, hey, let's watch 12 Years a Slave. <laughs> Although, Dude, next, next Friday. Friday is great. Yeah, yeah Friday is great. Friday. I love next Friday. I like Friday. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't get jiggy with this. What's the next question? The next and last question is, uh, oh, wait, yeah, yeah. next last question. What are your guesses as to which major films will move to VOD and which will absolutely not? Jim, great, great question. Jim the answer was show. answered for us. Mulan is going to premium VOD. I don't know how I feel about that just yet, but uh, I also don't think that Tenet will will go to VOD. Well, it's coming out next week. In coming out in theater, the world. Right? Yeah. So I mean, that's already not a question at this point, as far as it's unless you know something happens again. But I mean, more, it's, um. I mean, yeah, the Mulan thing, I mean, I get the situation some of these are in as far as we can't keep pushing this because that's just not feasible at this time, given all the marketing money that's been spent and certain obligations or what have you. New Mutants is another huge example of that as far as it's not like they're not trying to do this the right way. It's like they just have to put the movie out now, like there's no other option. Uh, Whether or not people go to theaters, that's a different subject matter altogether. But from a studio perspective, I understand the what's required to some degree. As far as what will happen, what won't, the MCU will never go to VOD. Like that's not a thing. Like they, they won't go there. Uh, those films will, they'll move them around as much as they need to and get them into as many screens as possible. Um, um, I think Candyman might. We'll see. Um, and um, it's Universal, and Universal's been doing the best as far as studios go, right. handling all of this. And I think depending on how Mulan goes from Disney's perspective, maybe Pixar's soul. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It'd Those be a shame, the... but yeah. I... No, it would absolutely be a shame, and, and I think Jimmy Fox. Uh, there's a bit of a trend that I've noticed where films with black leads or POC leads are going to VOD at a, a rate that other films are not. I don't know if that's intentional or malicious. It's just something I've noticed. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll see what happens. I yeah, I know what I, you're I've saying. I kind of picked out on that a little bit too, and I kind of am waiting to see what the rest of this slate holds for the year. Because that would suck if that was just like, yeah, let's just make all these movies. Like, man, that sucks. I mean, I do think it's, it's a different... I think it's partially coincidental as far as we sure. had a year where things were just happening really well but then the other thing came in that was unpredictable that's leading to something like this and i maybe 
right? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it sucks. Like, that's the, the bottom line as far as that goes, totally. I, I heard you saying. It's hard for me to think that there's a malicious intent on the studio's part to be like, well, just these movies are the ones that go to VOD. No, no, I'm sure you're right. I'm sure you're right. But, you yeah, know, at, at the same time, like, take Mulan, for example. You know, it's a shame that, you know, a, a film that has so much Asian representation will not be get to seen in big theaters, you know. Yeah. In America. I mean. Right, in America. Come on, guys, wear your masks. This would have been over by now. It would have. Um. I anyway. mean, at this point, like every a lot of things have been shifted around, so it's like I don't expect certain for like the Fast franchise is not going to go to VOD, no. Jurassic World is not going to go to VOD. As far as these, the question was major films. It's like yeah, there's a, I mean, the big blockbusters, typically, I mean, that's not really going to happen. There's special cases for something like Mulan because that you know it was going to come out basically a week after all of this started happening. So it's like yeah, I get it at this point. But something like, you know, like I said, the Fast Furious movies or whatever, like there's enough time in between them where they could, you know, Universal could figure out what their plan was exactly to move stuff around. So it's, it's hard for you. Do you think that uh, Vin Diesel was going all method and he's like, Oh, I'm glad that I have more time to work on my, my acting for, uh, you know, saying family. Uh, Vin Diesel <laughs> doesn't need to work on his acting. It's already at the top tier level. Of oh, he's, he's, he's the best actor there is. <laughs> Just look at his performance in saving private Ryan. It's iconic. Yeah, I'm, not... I'm getting blood on this letter. I'm not being down on Vin Diesel. I like Vin Diesel quite a bit. I, I do just, too. I, I just I, I don't think there's I don't think there's more room for him to explore. I think he's very much adept at what he's doing. <laughs> so, yeah, and I, he is exploring <laughs> the things that he still likes with all like the sci-fi fantasy stuff on his. Oh own. yeah, he, his big D and D nerd stuff is yeah. You know, look at Bloodshot. That's another one where it's like guys. Or any other out. movie that he's ever made, The Last Witch Hunter. <laughs> Riddick. Um, yeah. Specifically, Chronicles. Uh, I, okay. I like all the. The Riddick movies. He got Jane Dame Judi Dunst to be in it. Yeah. Experience she never regrets. Um, I mean, she's a, she's a good actress. She's just, she'll do anything. Funny Girls, another good Jewish movie, by the way. It's <laughs> just thinking about it. <laughs> um, all right, Maxwell, you saw American Pickle, didn't you? I haven't watched it yet, actually. You haven't watched it yet? No. Oh. I, I keep meaning to, and I just keep getting distracted. Or I, I really want to see it. I know I'm gonna like it. Um, it's a New York Jew movie. What are you doing? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. Like I heard there's a seltzer drinking scene, and I'm like, yes. I drink, I drink seltzer. <laughs> it's one of the most enlightening parts of the movie. <laughs> I eat bagels. I'm a New York Jew. I, I'm gonna watch it soon. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks everybody for these questions. It's good to get the questions. We love getting the answers, of course, but it's also fun to kind of dig in a little bit on the on the question front. So thank you for that. And please keep sending them in when we uh you know ask or even when we don't ask. Just send us questions. We like getting them. Um. But with all of that said, that's gonna have to end it for this week's episode. So you can find all of my you can <laughs> you can find all of my work on my personal blog, thecodezeek.com. All my written reviews end up over there, and I'm also writing at Wheel of Entertainment at wisebluecom And again, I'm in Variety now, so check check out Variety when you can, you can find what I have to say about a peninsula. Um, you can also find me on Twitter at AaronsPS4. Abe, you can find more fun stuff over my Instagram Abe.Mua and Twitter.com/WalrusMoose. Hashtag the Bridges of Madison County. That's a good one. <laughs> Maxwell had it. Where can people find more of you? Yeah, people can find me uh, over on the PJ Campbell Network on YouTube. I uh, host a show there called Front Center Mezzanine, which we have new live episodes every other Thursday. Our next one is uh, not this upcoming Thursday, but the 27th of August, where our guest will be uh, Kaylin West, who starred in, on Broadway in The Prom. She was on the Mean Girls tour and some other stuff. It's going to be really fun. And check out our 
other episodes as well. Um, they're all up there for your ability to watch, and they're also available on Spotify and iTunes if you don't want to see my face. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Cinemaxwell, Instagram at Cinemaxwell Inc. Very cool. You can find all the other episodes of Out Now with their name on iTunes, Audioboom, Spotify, and Stitcher. SoundCloud Automatic, HGWLOD. Feel free to email us at outnowpodcast at gmail.com. Let us know your thoughts on Project Power or anything else we discussed recently. Hit us up on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Podcast, or tweet at us at Twitter.com slash underscore podcast. And of course, our Instagram page, Instagram.com slash underscore podcast as well. Thank you, Maxwell, for joining us for this episode. Thank you, thank Maxwell. You. Yeah, thank you for having me. I always have a blast. It was, I think it was too long since I was last here, so. Yeah, well, got to get you back soon again. So let's look forward to that. Let's look forward to next week when we talk about whatever the hell it is that my we end up talking about. But until that time, <laughs> until next time, so long. And goodbye. My work is my. My work is my, my work is my power, power. My work is my, my work is my, my work is my power, power. My work is my, my work is okay. my. Let me paint a picture of an A1 world. Villain is defeated and the nerd gets the girl. Yeah, I used to fantasize and let my thoughts unfurl. Mine was tangled as Rapunzel trade the locks for a curl. Give a twirl. Tell me what I got a dream for lately. I've been all around the world and I done seen more lately. I'm a beast, rule breaker. Clean, none major when I pull up to the scene and put that pen to the paper. I change trajectory, never can get the best of me. Spicy, I got the recipe. All of my people next to me. They need to try and mess with me. I'm better as your friend and not an enemy. Disintegrate your clickers. What's the technique to a centipede? It's crowning more dramatic than a pregnancy. I came in to the world and now they cannot put an end to me i tried to make a dollar but instead i made change now i see the bigger picture man this life is so strange what a range but my work is my power power my work is my my work is my my work is my power power my work is my my work is my my work is my power crazy with the skill believe me i can go hours dance beyond the pain to say the rain a cold shower gotta play the game to ascertain what's your power i used to dream of six figures like can they hit me i'm a six fitter michelangelo they making stick figures self-doubt disfigures old bonds broken